0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Caliber Mining Corporation 2020 Q1 Financial Earning Results Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Later, we will conduct a question and answer session, and instructions will follow at that time. If anyone should require assistance during the conference, please press star, then zero on your touch-tone phone. As a reminder, this conference is being recorded. I would now like to turn
1: the conference
0: over. As a reminder, this conference call is being recorded. I would now like to turn the conference over to Mr. Ryan King, Vice President, Corporate Development Investor Relations. Sir, you may begin.: Thank
2: you very much, operator. Good morning, everyone, and thanks for taking the time to join the call this morning. Before we get started, I'd like to direct everyone to our forward-looking slide, slide two. Our remarks and answers to your questions today may contain forward-looking information about the company's future performance. Although forward-looking statements are based on what management believes to be reasonable assumptions, actual results may turn out to be different from these forward-looking statements. For a complete discussion of the risks, uncertainties, and factors, which may lead to actual operating and financial results being different from the estimates contained in our forward-looking statements, please refer to our MD&A filed on SEDAR yesterday. And finally, all figures are in U.S. dollars unless otherwise stated. Present today with me on the call are Russell Ball, Darren Hall, John Seberg, and Mark Peterson. We will be providing comments on our operating financial results for the first quarter of 2020, our exploration results, and our outlook for the business in 2020, after which we'll be happy to take questions. The slide deck we will be referencing during the call is available on our website at calibermining.com. Under the events section, you can also click the webcast to join the live presentation. With that, I'll turn the call over to Russell.
3: Thanks, Ryan, and uh, good morning, everyone. Thanks for taking the time to join us. Notwithstanding our COVID-19 shutdown announced on March 25th, I'm happy to be able to share our first quarter numbers, which saw gold production in excess budget at 42,085 ounces with an all-in sustaining cost on a consolidated basis of $1,030 an ounce. We increased our cash position from 33 million at the end of 2019 to 43 million at the end of March, on an average realised gold price of 15.83 an ounce. John will speak in more detail shortly on the financials. During the quarter, we also announced positive exploration results from the drilling program at Libertad, Amalia, and Lamode And Mark will give you an update on our thinking in regards to the resumption of the exploration program during the call. After more than a year of due diligence and negotiations, we entered into an earn-in and strategic exploration relationship with Rio Tinto. It is my pleasure to welcome Rio as our partner in Nicaragua. Rio brings tremendous global experience, expertise, and the capital necessary to further unlock the tremendous mineral potential in Nicaragua, thus creating value. For all stakeholders. Turning to slide four, disclosed on March 25th, we proactively suspended operations as a result of the COVID 19 pandemic and fortunately have had no positive cases in our workforce to date. While we furloughed almost 2,700 employees and contractors, we currently have approximately 120 full time employees performing care and maintenance activities that will allow us to resume operations in relatively short order once that decision is made. We are presently in the process of reviewing our startup plan, and I anticipate we will restart operations on a phased approach before the end of May. We anticipate providing updated 2020 guidance, and more importantly, our 10-year look ahead with consolidated production and all and sustaining costs for the company during June. Notwithstanding the suspension of operations, significant work continues, particularly in regard to permitting, land acquisition, and our social responsibility investments. We continue to make progress with our neighbors at Barrio Haveli and expect to be in a position to resume mining operations at Haveli Underground in the third quarter of this year. Darren and his team have been spending a lot of time on our hub-and-spoke operating philosophy, Some of you may recall that when we acquired these assets from BG Gold last October, the street's consensus view was that we would be entering closure and reclamation at Libertad in mid 2020. I'm happy to say that is definitely not going to be the case and we'll let Darren explain in more detail shortly.
4: Darren. Thank you, Russell.
5: As safety is a core value at Calibre, I'd like to thank all of our employees and business partners for maintaining their focus and safely delivering during the quarter. I'm pleased to report improving safety performance with the number of lost time injuries in Q1 2020 being less than half of what it was in Q3 of 2019. As Russell mentioned, we are planning on commencing a phased restart of operations during May. Leveraging off our COVID health and safety protocols, which have shown to be effective during this temporary suspension, we will initially focus on mining operations and expand to processing in due course. Where practical, we will continue with people working from remote. Moving to slide five, another pleasing quarter at Limon with the team delivering record production of 20,636 ounces at an all-in sustaining cost of $984 per ounce. With a full year of production history, we engaged RPA to complete a review of the Limon vein deposit models. For 2019, our active open pit, Limon Central underestimated tons by 12% and grade by 4%, with the additional tonnage coming from multiple small splays of mineralization, which display limited continuity between drill hole sections, and consequently were not modeled in the end of 2018 deposit model. As part of the Le Mans vein model review, we have identified and scheduled 2,300 meters of drilling, which is anticipated to increase confidence in the currently disclosed mineral resources for the string of open pits along the vein to greater than 80% indicated. Focusing on production with a margin, we commenced owner mining at Betanueva underground during February, utilizing our existing workforce and reducing 75 contractor personnel. As part of our evolving hub-and-spoke operating philosophy, we obtained all the required permits and approvals and commenced all haulage from Limon to Libertad during the quarter. Turning to slide six, as previously disclosed, we suspended blasting activities at our heavily underground mine as artisanal mining activities caused localised ground instability impacting 21 households several hundred metres from the mine. The government's negotiations are progressing well with seven property owners signing relocation agreements on April 2nd. The government is well advanced in its negotiations with the remaining property owners, and as Russell mentioned, we anticipate recommencing operations at Haverley Underground during the third quarter of 2020. With our focus on production with a margin, we continue to look for and execute productivity and cost savings initiatives. Some recent examples include renegotiation of our cyanide and diesel supply agreements, which have resulted in annual savings of $1 million and $300,000, respectively. Despite the hiatus at Havalee Underground, Libertad delivered 21,449 ounces at an average all-in sustaining cost of $951 per ounce. During the quarter, we made significant progress advancing a hub-and-spoke operating model, with approximately 20% of our Libertad production being sourced from Limon and Pavon. During March, we transported an average of 330 tonnes per day from Limon to Libertad, at a cost of approximately $25 per tonne, or an equivalent of 0.5 grams per tonne. Moving to slide seven. With the Nicaraguan assets being non-core in Beta Gold's portfolio, over the last five years, they had seen a significant reduction in capital spend, both financial and human. The lack of drilling investment presents an opportunity or an exploration opportunity that Mark will talk to a little later. However, however, I believe that the key to unlocking value from these assets is looking at them from a different perspective, a fresh set of eyes, if you will. A couple of very simple examples to illustrate my point. The week after closing the deal, we idled one of the two ball mills at Libertad, having negligible impact on metal production, been eliminating approximately $550,000 per month of cost from the business. That change alone will fund over half of our in-progress $12.9 million approved initial exploration drilling program. Another example of fresh eyes is Pavon. During the second half of 2019, we completed an independent NI43-101, which increased the Pavon resource threefold from 78,000 ounces to 292,000 ounces. Notably, the 214,000 ounce resource increase came without drilling a hole, with 80% of the resource being classified as indicated, grading greater than five grams per tonne, and using a $100 per ounce lower gold price than the previously reported resource from 2014. At Pavon d'Orte, we have issued a contract and have all required permits to commence construction of the primary haul road. Additionally, we are currently working through the permitting process and anticipate having all required permits to commence mining in Q4 of this year which is a good segue into a hub-and-spoke op- approach to maximizing value from our consolidated asset base. The key here is not to think about the assets as two unique operations, but a single business entity with a combined 2.7 million tonnes of processing capacity split between two mills, connected by paved infrastructure. The value proposition is quite simple, to improve the utilization of our installed milk processing capacity. Limon is mill-constrained and Libertad has significantly more processing capacity than it can currently feed from Libertad ore sources. For $25 a tonne, we can move ore between properties and tap into the excess capacity at Libertad. Proof of concept was demonstrated during Q1, where Libertad produced over 21,000 ounces with approximately 20% of the production sourced from Limon and Pavon. This was the first time that the operations had seen this level of integration. Let's consider how our hub-and-spoke approach could develop based on our end-of-year 2019 mineral resources, which, except for Bavon, are based on B2 Gold models generated on drilling data from the end of 2018. Le Mans open-pit resource was 5.7 million tonnes at 5 grams. Given Le Mans' 500,000 tonne mill, this represents around 10 years of feed for the plant, delivering on average approximately 70,000 ounces per year. Currently, there is 2.1 million tonnes at 4.5 grams in underground resources at Limon. Given there is spare capacity, or there is no spare capacity, in the Limon mill, let's transport that ore to the Libertad mill. A simple mine plan for Limon, open pits to its mill and its underground ore to the Libertad mill. A thousand tonnes a day of underground production transported to Libertad equates to approximately 45,000 ounces of annual production. Now let's roll in Pavon, 1,000 tons a day of 5 grams to Libertad, that's an additional 50,000 ounces a year. So before processing any Libertad source ore at the Libertad mill, it's not a stretch to see 95,000 ounces of production whilst only utilising 730,000 tons or one third of Libertad's installed capacity. Now let's add in all source from Libertad considering 240,000 tons per year at five grams from our 1.2 million tons, 7.9 gram resource at Havalee Underground. This would equate to 35,000 ounces a year of annual production. So adding those three components together, 45,000 ounces from Limon Underground, 50,000 ounces from Pavon Open Ped, and 35,000 ounces from Havalee Underground, a mill which is planned to commence moving into closure during 2020 is now producing 130,000 ounces a year, while utilising less than 970,000 tonnes, or 45% of the installed processing capacity. Combined with the production from Limon from the Limon mill, we are now at around 200,000 ounces per annum, with 1.2 million tonnes of capacity remaining at the Libertad mill. For every 100,000 tonnes of capacity we utilise at 3.5 grams, it would generate an additional 10,000 ounces of annual production. Hopefully this simple example illustrates the value we can unlock from our hub and spoke philosophy at Libertad before considering the other currently identified resources or factoring in the positive drilling results since the end of 2018, or layering in additional exploration success which we anticipate from these prolific and enduring epithermal trends. As part of our life and mind planning process we anticipate providing a 10-year look ahead during June. With that, I'll turn it over to John to review our financial results. Thanks, Darren. Uh, Let's turn to slide eight.
6: As previously mentioned, we produced 42,085 ounces during the quarter. However, revenue for the quarter of 59.4 million was derived from sales of 37,494 ounces at an average realized price of $1,583 per ounce, resulting in 3,330 ounces of finished goods inventory, which is net of 1,261 ounces produced from Vete Nueve, which is not yet in commercial production. The Vete Nueve ounces were sold in Q1, the proceeds of which were credited to development capital. Net income for the quarter was $12.5 million, for 4 cents per share. Cash flow from operations was 20.1 million for the quarter. After investing approximately 8.4 million back into the business in the form of mine development, purchase of property, plant and equipment and exploration, we generated 10.2 million of free cash flow, bringing our quarter end balance to 43.1 million. Consolidated total cash cost and all in, all in sustaining costs were 884 and 1030 per ounce sold respectively compared to an average realized gold price of fifteen eighty three for the quarter. With the remaining fifteen point five million payment to B2 gold deferred until April 15, 2021, and an April 30th cash balance of 36.7 million, we are in a strong financial position. With that, I'll turn it over to Mark for an expiration update.
4: Thanks, John. Uh, turning over to slide 9, last year when we began our exploration drilling program focused on resource expansion opportunities and first-pass testing of potential new discoveries at, at El Lamon and La Libertad. Now, 6 months and 18.6 kilometers into our program, we're encouraged by the upside potential we see emerging at both sites from both near- and longer-term perspectives. It's also really great to see our all-in exploration costs coming in more than 20% below budget at $210 per meter, which will allow us to extend our program well beyond the originally planned 47,000 years. Most of you have seen our Limon and Libertad Amalia exploration news releases that were issued during the first quarter, which included Positive drill results at Lamon Norte and more recently at the Pantheon vein, where we announced multiple high grade intercepts, including 17.7 grams per ton over 10 meters true width. Lamon Norte is located approximately 200 meters north of the Lamon Central Open Pit, and Pantheon is located approximately 150 meters west of our Santa Pancha underground mine. At Amalia, located 35 kilometers from the Libertad Mill, we announced some initial results from a new vein structure that had never been drilled before. We're very pleased with the positive results coming from targets that range from near mine resource stepouts to untested greenfields opportunities, and we look forward to when we can resume drilling with the operational restarts at Lamon and Libertad. Despite the suspension of operations last month, our exploration team has, has been keeping busy integrating these latest results into our deposit models and exploration targeting framework. Those of you listening on the call have likely seen this. Our plan map of the Lamon Mining District showing the principal vein structures and recent 2019 and 2020 drilling locations at Lamon Norte and Pantheon in relation to current sources of mill feed at the Lamone Central Open Pit and Santa Pancha Underground Mine. Turning to slide 10, you can see some of the recently announced results from our drilling at Pantheon in the plan map, along with a cross section showing just how close the Pantheon shoot is relative to the Santa Pancha mine. On restart, without a doubt, we'll be resuming drilling to expand the Pantheon gold we'll deposit along strike and down plunge. On to slide 11, where we see a map showing the Libertad Amalia concessions along with the surface traces of the main vein systems and Amalia off to the northeast. As you know, we got off to a good start with our first pass drilling campaign at Amalia with positive results returned from three out of the first eight holes drilled. That's a pretty good result for a first uh, first pass campaign. Since the start of this year, we've been continuing our first pass drilling program at Amalia and upon restart, we'll be expanding our focus to include reconnaissance mapping and sampling across the, the broader Amalia and neighboring uh, Nansinte concession package. To date, the Amalia area has not received the level of systematic exploration coverage that Lieber Todd has and given the results we're seeing so far, We're quite excited about the area's broader discovery potential. At Libertad, we've had three drills turning on three targets to test the down dip potential at Havali, as well as the previously untested Tronca vein located 500 meters to the south. We will have updated results for Amalia and Libertad in the coming weeks. Finally, turning to slide 12, during Q1, we engaged a consulting expert in structural geology to complete preliminary reviews of the district scale ore controls at Libertad and Le Mans. Through a combination of field tra- traverses with our geologists who've been working the districts for, uh, for many years, as well as the wealth of high quality legacy data provided by our predecessors, this work has highlighted at both sites broad areas of barren caprock alteration that's typical of the uneroded cover sequences that overlie high-grade bonanza vein systems, systems like the 1.5 million ounce Lamone vein and the 1.2 million ounce Mahone Crimea deposits at Libertad. As we continue to build our knowledge and grow our pipeline of exploration targets, we now recognize significant opportunities exist for the discovery of new high-grade bonanza gold systems concealed beneath barren cover. And located in close proximity to established infrastructure at both Libertad and Lamont. Upon restart, with the six drills we currently have between the two sites, we'll resume drilling with two drills at Lamon, one at Pantheon and one at Lamon Norte, three drills at Libertad, two at Habali and one at Tronca, and one drill at Amalia. We're also looking at opportunities to add more drills at both sites as we ramp back up. Looking forward, I anticipate we'll be able to extend our program toward 60,000 meters, which is uh, well above the 47,000-meter program originally envisioned. We'll also be expanding surface targeting work at Amalia, Libertad, and Lamon and later in Q3, initiating drilling at Pavon. So with that, I'll turn it back to Russell.
0: Thanks, Bob.
3: And finally on slide 13, you can see the focus for the team for the balance of 2020. We look forward to updating you on our progress, particularly in regard to the exploration program, the development of Pavan, and the integration of our operations through the hub and spoke approach in the form of our 10 year look ahead um, in June. It brings us to the end of the formal presentation With that, operator, we'd be more than happy to take any questions.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, if you have a question at this time, please press the star, then the number one on your touchtone telephone. If your question has been answered or you wish to remove yourself from the queue, please press the pound key. Our first question comes from Justin Stevens from PI Financial.
7: Morning, guys. Uh, congrats on a good financial quarter. Nice to see uh, the plans being laid out as well. Um, you did a pretty good job answering most of the things I had on my list. Um, but just a quick question on the, the excess gold production uh, in Q1 versus uh, the, the sales. Has that gold been sold or is that sort of still in inventory?
6: John? Hey, Justin. Uh, yeah, thanks for the question. No, no that, that gold was sold in early April.
7: Okay. Perfect. Um, so, yeah, there's a decent, decent discrepancy there, but uh, also on the – so the production from and Nueva is recognized
6: in your total production number,
7: uh, but not in the sales number, correct?
6: That's correct, because it's not yet okay. in commercial production. So the revenues Perfect. were actually credited against the uh, development CAPEX. Right. Yeah. But the del-
7: – so some of the delta there is just from that accounting treatment as opposed to uh, an actual – lack of sales. That's correct. Okay. Um, And then the only other thing I was wondering is uh, once uh, operations restart, how long, uh, roughly, do you expect it would take to develop over
5: to Pantheon?
3: I'll let Darren take that one.
5: Yeah. Hi, Justin. Um, Yeah, we've actually done 120 meters of development in the first quarter of the year in anticipation as well. So, you know, we've, uh, we've commenced a we have just completed an initial resource model uh, the last four holes for the recent round of drilling are, are coming in as we speak we'll update that and we anticipate uh, updating that uh, resource model by the end of May and uh, probably providing a little bit more clarity on, on Pantheon from a resource perspective and the plan forward either the last week in May or the first week in June Got it
7: Great, well uh, good job guys uh, I'll leave it there Appreciate it, Dustin.
0: Your next question comes from Andrew Weekly from Smith Weekly Research.
6: Yeah, gentlemen, uh, can you speak to the importance of your relationship with the government, local communities and how the company is mitigating single jurisdiction risk as a result of this relationship? Thank you.
3: Yeah, Andrew, hi. It's uh, Russ. I'll, I'll take that, and then I'll ask Darren. Um, you know, we've been fortunate. We've been in country for 10 years as caliber, Uh, mostly as a junior explore co until the acquisition of these assets and have developed extensive relationship both at the local national um, levels. B2 Gold similarly was in country for 10 years and, you know, we've had the benefit of, I think, their um, expertise in this area. If you look at B2 Gold's track record around the world, um, they do an exceptional job developing those relationships both immediately around the mines and just as importantly at the federal level and, you know, we, we got the benefit of inheriting uh, that history, but more importantly, the people that were working with B2. So Omar and Thomas in particular in country um, came over onto the caliber team from B2 Gold and have been instrumental in maintaining and improving those relationships. I would say that um, the working relationship between us and the government, whether it's ministries of health, energy, and mining, is outstanding. And we are the largest producer in the country. And um, we have great uh, working relationships and are able to leverage those relationships in uh, the situations uh, across the portfolio. So from my perspective, it's it's actually a great uh, working relationship. And in the 10 years both B2 and, uh, and Calibre were in-country, you know, we've, we've continued almost uninterrupted except for a, a brief span in 2018 where... Some consumables were uh, impacted. Darren, what's uh, from your perspective?
5: No, Russell. I think you covered all the highlights there, mate. I mean, there's not much I can really offer. Um, you know, a- apart from the fact that we have got you know excellent continuity with you know, the the legacy B2 gold people coming on with with Calibre. We also have our people from the from the legacy Calibre coming on to the new Calibre. Um, and you know, recently we've made some organisational changes as well. We uh, Omar Vega was the uh, country manager. and He had responsibility for operations and all facets of the business. Over the last month or so, you know, we've we've really focused Omar on and rebranded him as as vice president and country manager, but focused pretty much exclusively outside defence. So to ensure that we maintain those good relations relationships with uh, the federal governments and local governments as well. So you know, he's got a you know an excellent relationship. With all layers of of, um, of government, and uh, so we've we've kind to of remove the distractions of operations from his portfolio uh, to ensure that we you know we can we continue those relationships going forward as, as uh, you know as we're now investing we're seeing exploration success which is going to result in you know permitting requirements vis-a-vis Pavon, um, and we see things tracking along really well. I mean, for example, you know I did mention that uh, you know we've got the required permits to commence the development of uh, the bavon Norte access road and hall road um you know, we, we got that without any issues at all forestry permits environmental permits through the through the appropriate processes and i guess it's just it kind of highlights and demonstrates the good relationships
1: we have with the regulators
6: well, thanks, gentlemen. That's all I had. Uh, appreciate your guys' good work, and I appreciate you guys coming out and clarifying that. I know it's important for investors, and I think you guys are doing a fantastic job uh, with the relationship. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Appreciate your comments.
0: Your next question comes from Jordy Mark from Haywood Securities.
1: Yeah, good day, guys. Um, yeah, just to follow on uh, from the other questions there. Um perhaps maybe holistically, in terms of you know underlining the maybe the the dual hub and spoke approach um going forward, give an idea of what makes sense you know, in an equilibrium mode um in terms of um, proportion of source components to to come from various places, including lamont into into a, uh, Libertad and, and and where where that sort of equilibrium is at Libertad in terms of the optimal phase up of uh, of throughput rates for, you know, uh, material types, but also, you know, obviously capacity rates.
3: Jordi Russ, uh, I'll let Darren get into the details, and, and a lot of this will become clearer when we provide the 10-year outlook in June. But I'll say from my perspective, you know, keeping that mill somewhere between 1.6 million ton a year. And with expiration upside pushing that closer to the two point two install capacity, is clearly where we're going to generate significant value, and you know that's the long term focus of Mark and the expiration team. But I'll let Darren fill you in on some of our thinking around um, ore sources uh, in regards to that uh, Libertad mill. Go ahead, there.
5: Yeah, thanks, Ross. Hi, Geordie. How are you? Um, yeah, no, I kind of, I guess I gave a bit of a précis there as we kind of, you know, went through the the, the, the slides. Um, but you know, holistically, if you think about the capacity at, at Libertad, obviously there's two point two million tons of installed capacity. You know, if we think of you know thousand ton a day, which is absolutely within the realms of of uh, reasonableness from Limon, similar numbers from Pavon, You know, we're up to two thousand ton a day. Um, you know, which is one third of the Libertad's installed capacity and yeah, that gets us to you know know, upwards of 100,000 ounces a year without too many difficulties so then you start layering on libertad you know the primary source of libertad as we currently understand it would be heavily underground yeah there are some other opportunities in there as well but again you know piggybacked off exploration success as we start to see extensions to you know heavily underground some of the other emerging deposits coming in malia trunca um, you know, we'll start to layer those in. So it's a, again, it will be a staged approach, but you know, as I think of it right now, you know, I can see pretty comfortably over the next you know, three years or so, you know, a million ton a year, you know, at four grams being fed to that plant um, without any exploration success and predicated on the models we have, which again, just highlighting are all based on end of 2018 drilling data. They don't include any data that was any drilling that was done subsequent to December 2018. Except for one uh, that was a new resource. But all the all the other resource models that we currently quote are, are, are somewhat dated. So I think as we go through this process this year, you know, we'll give a bit of an in- oversight here in June. But I think as we go through and, and update our models for the available information, do some conversion drilling, increase levels of confidence, you know, and do a more fulsome update to our 43-101s between now and the end of the year. You know, I think that people will be pleasantly surprised with what they see.
1: Okay, good answer, thank you. Um, maybe an extension to that. Um obviously feeding feeding material through on, on March. Um into the time from outside sources there. Any um particular significant sort of um pressure points to, to move, uh say more up to a thousand uh tons per day or so? No,
5: Geordie, I mean, you know, we, uh, you know, we kind of had a, a, a very steady ramp up, um, you know, through the first quarter, and we took it kind of slowly, slowly. We made sure that we carried along all of our stakeholders, and you know, we had all the appropriate approvals, and whether it be from the you know, Ministry of Mines, Ministry of Environment, um, also engaging the the unions at, at Limon to understand you know, what we're doing, why we're doing it, um, and the local communities as well, and. Yeah, there was uh, I, I think the team did a great job at, at socializing at walking it through and there was there's really no objections and no issues and we saw that demonstrated in in March when yeah, we did about 330 tons per day on average for the calendar month from uh, from Le Mans to Libertad and you know it, it was not uncommon to see days greater than 500 tons a day so um, no I, I, I Fully expect that that thousand tonne a day is, is well within the realms of you know, what's practical. So no, no, so far so good. Um, slow and steady, just making sure that we carry everyone along, and uh, you know we understand the impacts, and you know very importantly that you know with our service providers that they understand what's expected of them from a, a social perspective and also a safety perspective. So you know we're working with them to ensure that they've got the appropriate fatigue management. Processes in place with their operators, and we'll support them and educate them on GPS monitoring of trucks so that we can remote monitor and make sure that they're obeying speed limits and doing those sorts of things. So, no, no,
1: I think it's it's all coming together pretty well. Great, right, thank you. And if I can dodge one more question, um, maybe missed said earlier, um, in terms of any milestones we should be looking towards for, you know, ultimately sort of. You know, coming out of a uh, suspension of operations uh, that we should be you know any uh, any of those milestones we should be looking at there to to um to look at to to show um uh, I guess coming out maybe later this quarter or or later than that.
3: Go ahead,
5: Darren. Yeah, right. Okay. Um yeah, no, as as Russ foreshadowed there is, is that, you know, you know we we fully anticipate, you know, commencing a phase a phased. um you say, say a phase restart here during during uh, during May um, we've had initial discussions uh, with our stakeholders in the last twenty four hours They're absolutely supportive where um, the people are holding things back right now the, the government the communities the workforce are all very keen um, you know for us to restart. We understand much better the situation in Nicaragua than what we did a month ago. Which is you know effectively why we made the decision to idle out because we saw this growing pandemic globally, we didn't understand what was going to happen in Nicaragua., uh, we didn't understand you know how the country would respond, but you know again we've we've seen no reported cases at the mine, none within the local communities um and and people are you know responding to the social distancing measures and things we're putting in place. so you know I, I think we feel much more comfortable, so I, I think we'll start to see things move pretty quickly and you know, I would fully expect us to be, um, you know, um, actually, God notwithstanding, is that, is you know, back at capacity uh, before the end of the quarter.
1: Great, right. okay. Well, thank you very much. Um, well, look thanks, like Jody.
0: To, to I appreciate the question. Your next question comes from Tom Gallo from Canaccord.
2: Hey guys, um just really
6: quick on the exploration um you mentioned uh, an increase of 60,000 meters. Is there a a specific target of, of the ones we walk through where where that you know maybe more uh, of those meters are focused, or is that just a, a broad increase of of uh drill meters planned? Tom, I'll take that and then uh Mark
3: and Ed. I, you know, if you look at the uh the savings we're recognizing on a, a per meter um we'll be able to drill that 60000 for the same roughly $12.9 million, whatever it was, $13 million budget. What we've told Mark is that in the event uh, we have the opportunity to go after additional targets, we will fund that as well. So um, I'll let Mark speak to the details, but I think we feel very comfortable that when we bring this back up, we're going to have more targets realistically than we can drill. But, uh, Mark, can give you an idea of where that additional thirteen thousand meters may end up going?
4: Sure, uh, yeah, thank you for the question. Um, I think right now uh, you know your your description is is it, is it more uh, uh, broadly focused is, is probably the most the most accurate, but um, that said, uh, you know certainly we're going to continue uh, focusing on uh, the uh, the multiple targets. Uh, that B2 identified at uh, Libertad, as well as some new things that, that are coming into, in, into view um, on the back of the recent uh, uh, the recent review we did with the structural uh, the structural overview. Um, that was mainly focused at Libertad, but also up at Lamone. And at Lamone, um, you know, we we you know that's that is a, a world class uh, gold district for this type of uh, a gold system. And uh, uh, we, we also have you know multiple targets uh, to work on there. We're, you know, as I said, we'll continue at Pantheon. Um, that vein system, we've been focused on one shoot. We see an opportunity for another shoot just uh, literally next door to it. Um, same with uh, Lamont Norte. Um, we've still got some work to do there. Um, and uh, once uh, you know once we think we've uh, sufficiently, uh, grown, uh, grown. What there is to grow there, we're just going to step north uh, to the um portion of the Lamone vein system, and, and take off there. But I I, I am thinking that uh, there there's some opportunities to add uh, at least one more drill up at Lamone, um, either to partner up on the Lamone uh, vein structure, uh, which is you know about a two and a half kilometer long system. Uh, but as well, there are some other targets uh, you know, right in the neighborhood that uh, have a lot of merit to get after. So um, and, like, and like I... Russell said, yeah, we, we have we have uh, plenty of targets, um, and, and it's really a matter of uh, just, just prioritizing where we want to deploy the drills.
3: And, Tom, this is where it really, the hub and spoke and the integrated philosophy will add huge value for us. When we're able to take exploration success and turn it into production at, you know, roughly 25 bucks a ton or, or half a gram with no additional throughput capital required because we have a million plus tons of installed capacity at Libertair that is unutilized. So if you think about it, we have two Le Mans mills. That are sitting idle waiting for all feed and, and that's really the focus of the drilling program is to, to find material to feed that hungry mill at Libertad and, and, and I think with the program we've outlined, I feel pretty good that, uh, that program is going to deliver. You won't see any of that upside in the 10 year look ahead we provide in June. As Darren said, that's all based on essentially the end of 18 drilling, but, uh, stay tuned. Perfect. Thank you for, uh,
2: for that. Thanks, though.
0: So. Your next question comes from Martin Lowenthal from Caliber Mining.
1: Hi,
2: good afternoon. Thank you. I'm a shareholder. I'm not sure where. I don't work for the company. Um, I'm a new I, shareholder. I didn't great.
3: recognize the name. That's good to know, Martin.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a salary check if there's one available. Anyway, great job, great presentation, very interesting and very exciting. Um, most of my other questions were answered. The only one left is, are there any plans to move onto the main board in New York? Um, <laughs> that's a
3: very interesting question. Um, we had our board meeting in yesterday, and that was uh, on the agenda and a topic for discussion. Um, Ryan's done a good job researching that and looking at that, and it's certainly something we're, gonna, we're considering. I think it's it's not the right time for us right now, um, but it's something we're obviously looking at uh, as we look to grow the uh, shareholder base, particularly south of the border. I mean, as of today, we're largely a retail story in Canada, Um, and that's going to change as, you know, we continue our efforts, we continue the execution and delivery. So definitely in the plans, um, the timing is still TBD.
1: Okay, great. Thank you.
3: Pleasure. Thanks, Martin.
0: I am showing no further questions at this time.
3: Excellent. Well, thanks, Operator, and again, thanks, everyone, for your time, and and thanks to the team. Um, we, uh, well, I'm blessed to see you with an outstanding team um, that continues to deliver, and we look forward to updating you. A lot of news flow around the restart, and uh, we still have some exploration results. We need to update you from the drilling program in Q1. And, um, again, stay safe, and we'll be in touch and uh, communicating on a regular basis. Thanks again.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference. Thank you for your participation and have a wonderful day. You may all disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's Investor Relations section on their website. See you next time.